We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instinct Heart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Final seconds here of this 2018 NBA season. There's the buzzer. There's a new dynasty in the NBA. The Golden State Warriors champions once again, back-to-back titles, three in four years, and the latest with a sweep. Yes, we're back. Championship Light Tears podcast. The NBA is ruined. It's ruined. Yet again. Ruined. Somehow, somehow, the NBA is ruined yet again, despite the fact that dynasties have littered the NBA for the past 40 years. I have seen nothing but the same championship teams. But now that LeBron loses, we can't have that. We cannot have Sam. We can't have LeBron lose. The three Anybody six mafia else? is upset. <laughs> three six, three six mafia. I mean, this is is one of the things where it's it's so obvious. Do, do LeBron stands? Are they the worst? Are they the worst? You they know what's annoying about every it? Every single narrative possible. It's media LeBron stands because now mm. there's like maybe this is what it was like in the late OOs or mid OOs with like Kobe and like all the PD in the media who loved him. Shout out Kobe for calling, calling it out five rings better than three. 
Dude, dude, you're right. You're right, though. You're right. We can touch on that later, but it's not. It's not stands, right? It's the yeah. It's not like it is, it's not Jim and Columbus who's bothering me, right? It's 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 media that that are that are Jim and Columbus, but they're <laughs> also the people that have a voice to the other millions, and they come out here and all they talk about is oh 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 oh. Oh, Draymond, Draymond had to call Kevin Durant from the parking lot. You know, they, they just recruited KD just because they lost. Clay, the Clay is not even an all-star. Draymond's not really that good. But, whoa, they needed four, They have four all-stars. That's unfair. <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's like four different It's like four different Westbrook, that you just Westbrook is better than Steph. But the Warriors <laughs> have too much talent, and OKC didn't have enough. Like it, um. Oh man, I just want to keep going. It it is what we say. It's dishonest media narratives driven by basically people who are invested in LeBron being better than Jordan. Over you know and what over the, again. The best part of this is it the most delicious part to this is it's the anger behind these narratives and the joy that see 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 people are like, oh, if the Warriors win and they make fun of you, they're like Oh my God! Look at these guys. All they think about is the Cavs. All they think about is LeBron. They don't even care about. They don't not even happy about winning, dude. That's the point of winning. The point of winning is to troll every single other person and thing that you came up with because it's all bullshit. So at the end of the day, the Warriors winning their third title in four years, just the amount of anger that it incites makes me so happy. It's it just you. Did you live in rent free in your head? Oh, that was gorgeous. It's just just people that are just so not mystified, but they're just so just so pissed that they don't even they don't even oh man rings don't rings don't matter anymore. Actually, shout out Kobe Bryant for for calling it out. Kobe essentially told them all you're moving the goalposts (laughs) because the guy you like can't figure out how to win. (laughs) So it's like all of a sudden, like it's not even the fact that it's oh, uh, you're playing good teams, right? Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's not that the Warriors are great. We're not talking about that. It's that LeBron needs to be on better teams. So it's always that person. It's not if Kobe loses, it's, oh, the Celtics were great or, or whoever was great, right? We lost to them. That Maybe that's what he says. But what he's trying to say is, look, if they're great, then be better. Like what, what Joe Lacob said in that piece, one of my favorite, one of my favorite quotes, and you know where this is from. Shout Listen, out immigrant dad Lacob. If you're gonna be shit, if you're gonna be dumb and you're not gonna figure it out and you want to whine about it, that's on you. And all we've seen people do is whine, 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 and not talk about, hey, listen, maybe if LeBron didn't boot a dude that didn't want to play with him in the preseason, all you had to do is sit down. All you had to do is sit down and tell Kyrie, look, you got two years left, you ain't going nowhere. We're not gonna trade you. Isn't that what GM LeBron stands tell me? Why don't you just go sit down and tell them that we're not going to trade you? And Maybe if happen. LeBron was invested in winning, he would be invested in trying to get the Minnesota Kevin Love to show up at all instead of turning him into a spot-up shooter. Maybe he would be interested in making the players around him the best versions of themselves. But no, you can't do that because that would hurt his assist total. <laughs> Talk to me about Martyr Ball. Oh, my God. Martyr ball where you control the possession every time. So you're going to walk into a triple double 
and the efficiency is basically whether it's there or it's not. You're getting your triple-double. You're getting your 30 points. And then it's everyone else's fault. <laughs> it's fake unselfish ball. Like it's one of the things where it's like you look at Steph, you even look at Kevin Durant and what he did in the finals and the way he hooped. Like that was unbelievable. He was just like, yo, unselfish like, is one. setting a screen. Unselfish is doing something <laughs> that doesn't involve a stat. It's not unselfish to pound the ball and then kick it out to someone and be like, drill a shot. That's not unselfish. And, and, and he hasn't touched it for five possessions. He yeah. just came off the bench. You know what I mean? And you're like, yo, make a 30 foot three pointer. Yeah, you know I mean, like it's 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 switching on a guy because you want to play defense on him, and you might get highlight reeled, which is what happened to Steph against the Cavs sometimes. But screw it, more often than not, you're not going to get highlight reeled if you try hard. But all of a sudden, we out here looking at LeBron stay off of K- of KD and allow K- you know Kevin Love to switch onto him every time, and then KD drops forty three on your ass in like a three point game. Like what? What you you couldn't switch on him one time? You couldn't let Steph shoot the ball. Even though he was one for fifteen, you were so invested in the fact that Stephen Curry couldn't and shouldn't win Finals MVP. You were cool with Kevin Durant ruining your entire franchise and having that sweep happen. Yeah, that the the defense thing is by far the worst. It's like Draymond got just utterly obliterated by Capella in what game six was that or a game five? One of those I can't quite remember when it was in the series. But he went for the contest and he just kept going for it. He knows that's going to happen. He's not out here casually calling switches that have him guarding Jeff Green in the corner so he doesn't get highlight reeled, you know? Steph, same thing. Steph was (laughs) – Steph's hilarious on defense because, like, he wants to guard the best player when, like, you know, Clay or someone should be like, bro, I got it. Get it, you know? But it's – it's it's fake martyr ball. <laughs> fake martyr ball. What else, man? What are the nerds? So we got the Warriors. What are they? They're lucky. Talk to me about that one. The Warriors have been lucky all season. Been lucky. 40, they Their core only played 41 <laughs> games together. The Hamptons 5 played 27 games. But they've been lucky because other teams get hurt. Um <laughs> What else? They're they're lucky. No, no, no. I like that one. I like that one. I like that one. Steph Curry. Steph Curry literally plays. He gets thrown into the playoff race with a, a grade two knee sprain. He doesn't play in two months. Playoff. He plays one game He's in two months. Played in two months. He was out with an ankle, and you expect the guy to come in and start performing like an MVP? Like that's your barometer. And Chris Paul is someone that's freaking running around for forty five minutes and wearing down, and then finally pulls a hammy. Is considered unlucky. Yeah, he's only pulled his hammy in every playoffs I can ever remember. <laughs> like, bro, did you did it did it ever dawn on you the Warriors' strategy was to let him dribble until his his legs fell off? Like, that was the strategy. <laughs> I thought it was a dumb strategy, but it worked. Light years. <laughs> oh um, my god! And and then what what else? Do like the fact that you're saying uh, uh, the Hamptons five minutes? It's, it's not like the Warriors were plumped together all season either. And the fact that it's three oh, times a- that you win in four seasons, that's luck. Here's one I saw. Three it's times. like they didn't even try, and they got 58 wins when they should have got 70. I'm like, did you watch any of the March games when it was a Quinn Cook, Looney pick and roll was the best play they had? They won 58 games because they got everyone injured at the same time for like a month and a half. 
Otherwise, they would have wa- they would have got walked into sixty five without trying. Eh? <laughs> you know what shit pisses me off too. It's when it's it's when it's you say, "Hey, the Warriors didn't try against Houston," and at the same time, because of that, they're ruining the NBA. Despite the fact that look, these guys are were down by fifteen in a game seven. You can say all you want about the, the finals not being close, and that's on Cleveland, right? They're beating they're beating Cleveland's ass. San Antonio was up by east. 20 in the first quarter. Yeah, it's on the east. San Antonio was up by 20 before Kawhi is out, right? And then Houston was up by 15 in a game seven. Like, I, imagine if those two games were the finals and Kawhi didn't get hurt, right? Like, and, and imagine if that's how the season ended. That's, that's still three titles, but that's not whooping LeBron's ass. Like, LeBron is getting whooped, and that pisses you. That's what makes people bad. That's what's ruining the NBA, apparently. Not the fact that the Western Conference Finals games were – they're pretty can close. We, can we just talk about it? LeBron was a better all-around player in Miami. Not even a question. He's a better all-around player in Miami than he was right now. But his stats were worse. But he actually used to take the best defensive assignment. He actually used to set screens. He used to cut off ball. He used to do stuff that didn't involve getting a statistic. He basically did everything. Now it's just – you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do what I want with the ball. You know, he's obviously the best player in the league, but it doesn't matter if I win because I got my triple double. That's what it is. It's it's still it's steroid version of Russ. It's not. Hey, it's not. It's not like a triple double. I think for him. It's, it's the Ferrari like, version of how Russ. Can I make my. It, it really is. How can I make myself look as best and as sad as possible? Come out here. But come out of here after game, game one. First of all, you punch a whiteboard and break your hand. That's on you, right? That That's just stupid. And then you don't talk about it, which is fine. But you decide to show up after game four and show. And even if you do have a broken hand, you couldn't have waited. You couldn't have not talked about it. Isn't that the point? If you're like a playoff, like Kobe, Steph, Duncan, those guys that are hurt, they never talk about it, right? Even you remember in 2015 when LeBron, Whoa, you there? Somewhere along the line, in 2018, all of a sudden now he's like, oh, broke my hand. I broke my hand. What is that? What is that? Just casually sitting up here with my cast. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, can you imagine Lemith if Steph maker. sat up there with, a, with, a, with crutches after game seven? He should have went up there with crutches. He should have got the Fuck Paul Pierce wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, that's it, it's smart, but goddamn, like man, like that's that's better than winning. Apparently, three, 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 three out of nine, three out of nine, and it sometimes feels like we give him the credit of seven. Unbelievable. But he was what the else underdog. But he was the underdog. Um, what else we got? Fake warrior fans. No real warrior uh, fans out there. This is probably the worst one. Yeah, because right? this goes. This is like smart people and dumb people. You got the dumb people. The, the, you got your typical like Cleveland fans that don't know anything. They're talking shit because you know they have nothing. They, this is the only thing they have left, so they talk about it. But you have Jay Adande, who's like a big time ESPN guy or whatever he is now. Pretty smart. He's a journalism professor. I mean, he's a he, he's, he's a, a great tra- writer. And I used to read the gun. He's out here spewing this stuff. So this is what you're talking about. The media that perpetuates 
in the narrative, right? And sometimes it's good and it's bad. This particular narrative is that there are only fans that are black, Asian, whatever it is, that's, they're only in Oakland. Like, d- yeah, first, I, I need, first off, we need to, we need to talk demographics. Um, everyone knows there's a large Asian Warriors fan base. They all live in Daly City. They all live in San Francisco. <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell you. Go to Saramonte. <laughs> Go to Saramonte in 2006, you know? Like, it's it's a reality. And and But, but we have to associate it all with Oakland. And Oakland has great fans. I love the city of Oakland. And I'm going to kind of be sad when Oracle shuts down. But this idea that, like, the only real fans were the ones who live in Oakland. No, the real fans. Yeah. The real fans existed before they got good. That's how it always goes. When your team is transcendent, a bunch of bandwagoners jump on. We've all seen it. It doesn't matter. The team, your team gets good. All of a sudden your neighbor who maybe watched March Madness once has decided he's a Warriors fan. <laughs> no, I mean, that's true. It's the annoying thing is that it, it's like I just – it's the fact that you think that because somebody is a small market team that you automatically feel bad for them. Right, and, and Oakland the gets the small market – Oakland gets the small market treatment and San Francisco is the evil big market. When in reality, it's – I mean there's cultural differences, but it's kind of all the same market that's all going through the same thing, you know? So – so, so tell me, like, here's what it comes across. Here, here's how, where, why people term it. They look at Oracle Arena, and they're like, yo, there's a lot of white dudes. There's a lot of rich white people, right? Um, there's too many of them here. These are fake fans. Fine, whatever, tech bros. But then you look at it, and you're like, all right, is, are, does that segment of fandom get in, you know, extrapolated to the rest of the Warriors? Fans that are in SF, Oakland, SJ, whatever it is, right? Like, let me know when you can pay when you can, you know, pay fifteen hundred dollars for a lower level seat, right? I don't want to hear you talking about fake fans unless you're the one that can, you know, drop. Why don't we? Why don't we talk about? Why don't seats. we talk about Knicks fans being fake fans? You think anyone sitting in the lower bowl in Madison Square Garden to watch a twenty-five win Knicks team is not, you know, just a finance bro, like? It's the same thing. It's the reality of being in a just just a large market, like where there's 10 million people in the general area, you know? You know, talking about that too, like crappy teams like the Knicks, they're basically just a waste of a franchise. Those teams are ruining the NBA. Like, get, get the Memphis Grizzlies out of here who have won like 20 games. Like, strive to be a team that's great, that makes the NBA entertaining. Like, how many Magic games you watched this season? Why the hell are they in the NBA? Shout out Sheldon Mack. (laughs) Like, I just, I don't understand. If you're so angsty and so fake mad and jealous of of the Warriors about how they don't make it fun for you, in what world is watching Sheldon Mack play on a Wednesday night on a 65-loss team? What does that do for you? Well, it's just this idea that, like, the Warriors were a quarter away from getting beat in this playoffs. They're not unbeatable. They have weaknesses. <laughs> we won't talk about those weaknesses on this podcast. But, <laughs> no. uh, but, I mean, they are beatable. 
And as time goes on, they're going to go through more internal strife and they're going to become more beatable. Shouldn't you want to? Like, I respect the hell out of Houston for actually gunning for them and like coming up with a strategy that did mess with them a bit. You know, don't you want more teams that are trying to do that versus ones that are complaining that it's unfair and they just want to tank? What's a, what's a better, what's better for the consumer? Childish, childish, get, get the good hoops in here, man. Everybody wants to see those Lakers, those good Lakers. Like, tell me what happens when LeBron goes to the Lakers or Paul George, right? Tell me how fun that will be for the league. It's going to be amazing. You know what I get annoyed about too? There's another one is, um, oh man, I just lost my trade. Oh, the one that, that the Warriors, the, uh, Stephen Clay, they're soft because they grew up rich privilege. Listen, listen. Clay played on a high ankle sprain. The dude could barely walk. Steph Curry played through a knee I have no clue sprain. how he did that. I really don't understand I don't how Clay. And you know what's funny? Clay could not hit a shot last no, playoffs at all. And this playoffs, he was pretty consistent. You know, like he had a couple bad games here and there, but he was pretty consistent. Yeah, just just because they're like, oh, these guys are mentally weak. These guys can't handle it. If you think about it, these guys are some of the toughest dudes in the league. You go out here and you look at CJ McCollum on Twitter, sounding like a blog boy, whining about, oh, KD's got to have his own team. He can't win, blah, blah, blah. Like, dude, call but I see, I see through you, CJ. You just... You're just oh, trying to you're just trying to break up the Warriors so you can maybe win a game against the Warriors in one series <laughs> once. You know, they got that one win against the Warriors in 2016 when Steph was out. That was like their big championship. Um that's the only game they ever beat. <laughs> you know, it's I see you, CJ. I see you. Congratulations. I, I, mean, I, I mean, I don't blame him for doing that. That's you know, quite frankly, you should be trying to mess with the Warriors. At least you tried. <laughs> Yeah, these are whining like like it, the whining is ridiculous. Like like I like I like Houston. I like how like you said I like how Boy does it. It's like yeah, not really much whining, but he'll say you know what I'm just gonna get CP3. I'm gonna gun for it. I'm gonna make a plan all season long and gun for it. You know what the other thing is to people that that kind of oh this is another one that I see people do. It's oh the the Warriors won't be able to handle the pressure. That they won't be able to pay. They're Soft. gonna be broken up in two years. Like if they get broken up in two years, they got five titles. Who cares? Yeah, I mean, maybe they will, maybe they won't. That's why we watch, right? Like, aren't we curious to see how far they can? They'll take be watching. It? God. All right, let's let's uh, let's move on from the light tears into the parade. <laughs> I'm I'm sad I missed it, man. But you caught you caught up on the highlights. I saw the highlights. I, I saw the Jordan Bell. I thought Jordan Bell was trying a little bit too hard, to be honest. I mean, Jordan Bell just looked like a dude who literally just graduated from college. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hate. He's like, he's like 23 year old Andy hitting the clubs, you know, 23 year old <laughs> Sam out there. I definitely on a, try too hard. Yeah. That's you fair. know, where you're, you're kind of still bringing that like college party energy to, to an adult establishment. And then you're like, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe I need to grow up a little bit, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think Jordan Bell was the. We call Jordan Bell the MVP. I don't know. <laughs> I think I think Draymond I, might be the MVP. Draymond is is he's the MVP. I mean that shirt was amazing. Calling um, out Tristan. Uh, calling out Tristan and then having the video show that he actually did it. It's like oh, I don't I don't fuck with you. 
right? That was pretty fantastic. You know, that's one of the things that gets people shook too, because I'm pretty sure Tristan went up to him after the game, after the series, and like, yo, we still boys? And Draymond literally said, get your ass out of my face. That's fantastic. <laughs> Uh, I mean, <laughs> that's oh, yeah. fantastic. Draymond's another one where people are like, oh, he's not as tough as he claims to be. He's a fake tough guy. I'm like, Draymond's Draymond's exactly who he says he is. You know, he might he might lose a fight due to his size here and there, but he's not losing a fight because he's ever afraid. If anything, he's a little too uh, a little too overzealous sometimes. <laughs> a little too. Draymond's from Draymond's from isn't he from Michigan? Yeah, Saginaw. He's from Saginaw. <laughs> Come on. He's not from SF. Yeah, he's Draymond's Draymond. There's no, uh, uh, there's no act there. It's just who he is, you know. Like if, if a bigger guy gets him, if he gets God every now and then, he gets God. He owns it, but he's my, not going to stop coming at you. My favorite one is Nick Young, um, someone who I think is just shameless. <laughs> I think I think I don't think people truly understand, and I, me and you don't. I, the way that these guys celebrate, I don't think people understand just how happy they are, despite the fact that they, whether they contributed or not. Like to see Nick Young that happy, despite the fact that he's been terrible all season, just hey, makes he had me some think, mom- like, he had some moments. Did, did you notice how Kerr like singled out his three in the third quarter of Game Seven as being vital, yeah. the biggest shot? <laughs> you know, it's, I'm like, I think they would have won without the, the Swaggy P shot, but you know. <laughs> Well, go ahead. We'll call it the biggest shot. <laughs> <laughs> but like, he's just a happy man. Besides, like, like Quinn Cook's happy, and he's happy for different reasons. Javale, you know, Zaza's happy. That that's the kind of thing where it's like, when people say, "Oh, the Warriors didn't earn the championship," they didn't even celebrate the same. Nah, man. Like, you look at the players and you look at these guys. There's no empty feeling there. They're just these guys seem genuinely happy, even if they win. And this it- is the third one, or if they win the sixth. And it it, it, it kind of means more to those role players who it's their first time too. Like you can say Nick Young didn't play a huge role, but there's a lot of pressure on a dude who's essentially he's brought to the team and his like expectations are to not ruin it, you know? So think about how that plays with your head. You're like, these guys want a title. If they don't win because I played poorly, like I ruined the whole thing. So I totally get why a guy like him and Quinn Cook celebrate as hard as they do because, like, that's a lot of pressure to be holding the whole season. And, like, even though Nick Young kind of plays the carefree act, and he is pretty carefree, right? But, like, I think no one wants to be known as, like, the guy who came into the team and, like, screwed it up because he couldn't play proper defense in a playoff game. Yeah, that's just... Good to see the guys happy. Good, good to see guys kind of play away the narrative that that this isn't something that means anything to them. I think especially KD too. I think this one meant a lot more to Durant. I think so too year. because you you clearly look. Everyone knows he's sensitive, well insecure. He definitely heard all the noise. I think he was genuinely upset that the noise didn't go away after he won the first title. You know what I mean? Like he thought that would be validation, but instead everyone leaned in on him being a front runner. And it's turning though. It is. It's turning. Because it's he turning. Played, he played Second. out of his mind and he kinda his game three was easily yeah, his play best LeBron. game. Yeah, I mean he was amazing. And I 
it seemed kind of like a weight got lifted off him. He's like, you know what? I just, I was the best player on the court against your supposed goat. And <laughs> you know, if you can't, if you can't accept that, that's on you. That That's true, dude. Like, let's talk about that for a second. He outplayed LeBron in that game three. What was essentially a must win. And he outplayed LeBron the whole series. Uh, and, and that game three was huge because Clay didn't show up, didn't show up, right? And those are the two offensive players. And, and all of a sudden you're like, wait, if those guys aren't shooting and KD still beats your supposed GOAT, that's your problem, right? If you can't appreciate that he, greatness. He had a broken hand, though. Sorry. Actually, literally was, the guy's slogan is witness. Mm-hmm. It was broken in like 10 different places for sources. <laughs> for sources. He also had a sprained knee. Right. And he had a torn ACL actually the whole season. Like, like the guy, the guy was the best player. And that's something it's going to turn when the when Warriors, let's say the Warriors play the championship next year and they win that one and they beat, like, let's say Boston, right? And KD wins another finals MVP, right? That's three and three straight titles. That, that tide is going to turn. It's going to become like, yo, like these Warriors are the greatest dynasty ever, greatest team ever. And this guy is a top 10 player now of all time. There's only so much, like, fake slander that you can make till winning championships just beats you down like i think the wars are gonna beat these down like they're gonna win so much people are gonna have no choice but to say like i mean steph's that great kd's that great clay and Draymond are that unselfish like this is that team so yeah i mean you don't have to say kd's better than lebron and he's probably not but you have to acknowledge the fact he can play up to his level and outplay him when it matters. And just the fact that you have to put him in that conversation is validation. Um, let's talk about KD jokes. <laughs> Bob, Bob Myers getting, I mean, God, what the a weirdo. Tr- the true godfather of arrogant season. <laughs> I don't know, man. I can't stand the guy. Oh, you're talking about Fitz. Fits, fits. Sorry. Yeah, Fuck, I was sorry. like, I, I was like, Fitz, zero. Um, I love Myers. Myers is my favorite. All right, we can talk about Myers. Talk about Myers first. So, well, everyone knows what happened. Fitz started making his uh, corny jokes, and then Myers kind of leaned in on it. My take on it is mostly that, like, well, yes, Fitz, Fitz should know better than to start the conversation there. I, Bob Myers should have probably known better than to, to poke those jabs. Um, but I think it kind of shows how. How confident they are in the whole thing. Like last parade, they didn't even bother acknowledging Steph, even though Steph was a free agent. <laughs> this parade, they straight up make fun of KD, even though he's a free agent. That's some that's some confidence in what you got going. That was surprising. I I didn't see that joke because you know why. Now that the pieces are coming out, Steve Kerr and Bob Myers spent all season babying KD. They were stressed. They were worried that he was distant. They were worried that maybe he'd go somewhere else. He was struggling to fit in, all this, blah, 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 blah. And this comes out basically after the finals are over, despite the fact that, you know, some people knew already. Shout out David West. Shout out T West. And that was all of a sudden they're confident enough to say that. I I think that the deal is done. Yeah. That's the only logical thing. The deal is done. The deal is definitely done. And. I do agree with you. They kind of showed, um, I wouldn't say babied him, but they spent a lot of year, a lot of the year, um, psycho being a psychiatrist. Right. Right. Will, right. Right. Yeah. 
Right, like the right. guy was clearly going through stuff, maybe even personal stuff beyond the the basketball stuff, and it's emotional. And like they were, they spent more time with him. That's kind of always why you hear about like Steph being amazing because you don't have to do that stuff with him. But like that stuff's an outlier in that case, right? Most people, most people of that talent level are not that way. There's a lot of maintenance required, and um. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, it just seemed kind of cathartic that they're willing to make the joke, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that that's that's the only logical explanation that that it's they're gonna he's gonna sign that two plus one. You know, to to be a KD stand for a second, um, I think hopefully one of these things, uh, this kind of MVP and this cha- you know the championship. I hope this allows him to be more honest. I think he is a little bit worried about being honest, like saying things like I I, I remember reading a piece like. Like, hey, I don't want to be the leader, right? I want to be one of the guys that are on the front line, but I don't want to be the leader. And that's that's not what you want to hear from your from your player. But whatever, who cares, right? Steph isn't that guy either. So I think the Warriors don't mind that. I, I think if KD is more honest in saying that, instead of being like, you know, having burner accounts or saying passive aggressive stuff, passive aggressive stuff, is he if he was just honest with that moving forward, that's one of the things that endears yourself with people because people don't really care what you're saying if you're being honest. So I think there's part of KD that now kind of realized that, yo, if I'm just me, don't try to hide things. Like, people are going to like him because, I mean, end of the day, you're going to like him because he's that good. It really doesn't matter what he says, right? You're going to like the guy. But if he's a little more honest, I think that's one of the things that would help. Um, so, so we'll see. And more than that, I think it was seeing him play as bad as he can realistically play against Houston and then just bounce back from it. That kind of like, it just kind of shows, you know, like he's human. He's got his weaknesses. He's got his strengths, but like it doesn't affect quote unquote the effort he brings or, you know, how hard he, how he tries to play. Right. No, that's true. He, he did come back and he did, like he was not great in that Western conference final finals. And then that game seven, he hit the clutch shots and against Cleveland. I mean, can we, if we're going to talk about finals MVP for a second, I would have voted Steph, but I mean, it was KD's. I thought I would have voted KD. Um, and it would have been close, but it's hard to give it to Steph when he was basically as bad as he can be <laughs> in game. Uh, well, no, not as bad as he can be. Because one thing Steph's done recently, this this whole year, is like when Steph used to be bad, it meant like eight, nine turnovers, right? And like that sort of thing. These days when he's bad, he's just missing shots. He's still kind of in control. You're 100% right. Yep. That, that's one of the things in game three I was shocked by. He was bad and he didn't, he didn't, you know how you know. He played a good floor. He, he played a good floor game. He just couldn't hit a shot. He, but he wouldn't do that like before. He would just be gone. You right. see his eyes kind of glaze over. Oh, yeah. He's kind of lost. You know that look? Like that Steph look? That's when you know he's gone. And you don't see that anymore. That That's that's maturity, right? That's like – that's the type of confidence that's unwavering that you need that allows guys like Kobe, not my five. Enjoy my five, sorry, to, to just keep <laughs> shooting. You know what I mean? Like like Steph to keep shooting and shot hunt like that, just even though he's struggling and, and missing. I think Warriors fans will live with that. Like even if they lose, and now the fact that KD's there, which they can't lose terrible Steph games. If that's the case, then what chance do you really have to beat these guys? You know, like that's 
it's unreal. Yeah, I mean, it was. They're getting better, and let's, let's okay. That that's a good point. Do you think so? Do you really think so? It's going to be interesting. I think the core is getting subtly better. The core is getting better in big games because they pace themselves. So they're not getting better in the sense of we're probably never going to see them go for like 67 plus wins again um, because they recognize killing yourself to win that game that you can't hit shots in November, but you're going to win it on just like pure effort in November is not worth it. Um. But I do think they're getting more mature. I think like the the Steph point is exactly that. Like I can't recall a playoff game this playoffs where Steph had uh, just you know a meltdown in terms of turnovers. And in previous playoffs, you could guarantee one game a series Steph would have seven plus turnovers. You know, he'd have one game where he got his pocket picked a couple times, and then all of a sudden he's pressing and like out of control. So that's getting better. Clay, Clay's just, Clay's just getting better at everything Clay does, and then KD is playing calmer and more himself. I don't know, like maybe Draymond's the only one who's not getting better, but they're all more mature. I think that's key too. That's like the point where they're just emotionally, emotionally way better prepared, right? And and that's one of the things that I don't think athletically, like they're they're not getting better athletically. Right, you see Steph, he's a little bit not as quick. KD, he's not as he's not as athletic. Clay and Draymond, especially, they're not as as good as before. But like end of the day, that that's that shouldn't matter for another like three years. And if they're gonna be better emotionally and chemistry wise, and they win two or three more, and then that downslope hits, that doesn't matter because now you're talking about five titles anyway, right? So so I think that that championship window is insane. Because look at the Sixers. Look at the Celtics. Look at these guys that are, are the contenders. The Sixers They're are not frauds. beating them. Uh, let's say LeBron goes there, right? So let's just use that, right? So, <laughs> uh, and, and I know you don't come, but whoever comes out, they're not going to be ready for a seven-game series. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, they're not ready for a seven-game series against the Warriors. Kyrie Maybe two, is, three years Kyrie from now. Kyrie is, though. Kyrie is. That's why I didn't say that. <laughs> that's why I didn't say that. <laughs> right? So, Kyrie is. Al uh, Horford, Horford is. isn't. Oh, God. No, Zaza, I could probably shut him down. But it's like one of the things where if guys are going to be good enough to beat them, it's still going to be two years away. And by the time that comes, this is like the greatest dynasty ever. Like, so the- screw the Boston Celtics of the 1920s. Right. They didn't they played against me and you. Like I bet you those guys were as good as me and you back then. So like let's we're not counting that. So like this is by the time you got a team good enough. I could take Koozie to the guys, post. I bet you could. You're probably taller than him. Do you see him dribble? You for sure got a better handle. <laughs> um I mean I can use I'm one of a lefty, so I can use my, my offhand, my right too. So there you go, boom. Um what I was gonna say is that brings me into the, the main quote in terms of next year, uh, Myers, Lacob, and Kerr have all said this on various platforms, is mentioning getting younger for next year. And I think that's interesting because usually when you have a title team, you just want to put vets around them. But the Warriors, clearly their, their thought is we need, we need to put energy around them because like we know at the end of the day when it gets to the playoffs, we're going to play our core. 
Um, but we need some guys who get these guys excited and like bring some bring some new legs to it to try to extend it. Like they're not under I don't think they're under the impression they're gonna luck into like their own Jason Tatum or uh uh you know like Embiid or Simmons or something like that, but they're looking for like more Jordan Bells, more Quinn Cooks, more Pat McCaws. Man, they need to go younger. I think that's one of the main. They know this and they've said it, but it's it's one of the, and it, it doesn't make a season exciting too, you know. Yeah, like, I mean, it's more it's exciting to see so Jordan Bell make some make a name for himself, you know, or or like a year ago, like McCaw didn't have a good year this year, but two years ago, and like McCaw would get in. Yeah, like I, I think McCall will be back too, and and like I think. Like that'll be fun to watch him hoop more and Bell and Damian Jones. I think they're gonna force feed him minutes, right? And whoever they draft in the first round and, and maybe Chris Boucher, right? Guys like that where, where, it who cares if they don't play well, right? But you need that energy because you just can't, you just can't play Zaza and D West and Iguodala and Livingston. Like those guys, they're not made for the regular season anymore. Right. Like Zaza and West are going to be gone, but Iguodala and Livingston were just downright bad. Yeah, like they were just terrible. <laughs> the regular, like I, I'd rather if we're going to watch someone. Or you can terrible, play, you can play one of them, but playing the two of them with David West, it's just kind of like, man, well, yeah. this is just like in 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 a January game when like you know all they care about is making noise in the playoffs. Like you need to put someone in there who's got a little bit of a spark plug attitude to it, right? Yeah, and and that's not a vet, you know. What I mean, to me, that's not that's no. not Jamal Crawford. That's not Rodney Stuckey. That's not these guys. That's like that's give me Quinn Cook. Give me like twenty minutes of Quinn Cook a game. I'm cool with that, right? Pair him with McCall that can defend. Maybe that's like poor man's version of Stephen Clay. Whatever, right? Give me some that like that'll energize the players too, though. You know, they're energized when Javale starts. Yeah, like give them some energy where they can hoop with Bell. Actually, they can hoop with Cook. I was gonna say Kerr talked about this. Kerr. Kerr was saying like the past couple of years, like Andre, David West, those guys are like the leaders, the ones in the locker room. And he wants to like challenge Steph, KD, Draymond, Clay to be the the leaders as they bring young guys in. So like it's another way to keep them engaged because you want them to be the actual mentors of the team now, as opposed to um, you know, just being like the the, the players of it who are like who would turn to the older guys for advice. They are now the no, older that's guys. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Can you imagine Draymond yelling at a rookie? <laughs> I mean, he why yelled did, at Jordan Bell. You, that's true. Yeah, Jordan Bell sounds like looks like he can handle it. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's going to be interesting, and I think it's actually it's probably the the, the move if you want to if you really want to extend the window because four years is a long time. Um, and if you really want this to go six, seven years, you got to put new blood in there. It's the only way like Jordan, only Jordan won six titles with two completely different teams. Like there was the first three Pete and there was the second three Pete and outside of Scotty Pippen, no one else was really the same. Um, you, you kind of need to do that. So you're saying that chase center warriors is going to be a three Pete with Steph, KD and AD. That's going to be amazing. Just Stefan, Stefan the wingspan. <laughs> God, um, what do we think about that? I know Kawakami wrote another piece on it saying that they're not going to trade Dre or they're not going to trade Clay. They're going to try to re-sign him. 
But at a certain point, they're going to go full force out there for KD. I don't know how they're going to make that happen. I think they know. So, so two notes. The the early extensions, I don't think Clay or Draymond are going to do them. But if they did, that would be – they would just be turning themselves into amazing trade chips. Because yeah, they'd be re-upping. Stupid. They'd be re-upping yeah. for below market value. And now, like, dude, Clay signed for five years and straight – you know, next year plus another four years. That's a trade chip that can get you whatever you want, right? If not, like, trade him straight for AD, you're trading him to another team who can send all the assets that a rebuilding team wants, right? So there's that, but I don't think that's happening. Um, I think they, I think they just kind of have to play it out with it and see how it goes. I they're going to always monitor whoever the next big name is. And I don't think AD is getting traded this summer, but everyone around the league still kind of has the impression new Orleans is never going to be able to put the team around him. That's worthy of his talent because he is good enough to be the best player in his title team. They're going to screw that up. There's just no, they had a great postseason, um, But I mean, they found something coming off in a, yeah, I mean they found something know, that works, man. but like what what really are they? Right? They're they're now yeah. a bona fide playoff team. I don't know about that. Like even outside of A D and Drew Holiday who played out of his mind, like what do you have there? Right? Like you can't realistically think that Cousins is gonna be good coming off that Achilles. That's a, at least Rondo. at least a, yeah, Rondo and you got a bunch of like Solomon Hill in like what are these guys, right? Like in a playoff series, sure. But like you still gotta make the playoffs. And I don't man, I don't know. And 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 A D still gets hurt a lot. I, I just it, at a certain point it, that thing's gonna blow up. They don't have it doesn't look like they have any sustainability. And when that does, he's gonna wanna get out. And that's not gonna be next season, but the season after that. I mean, that's something that maybe the Warriors maybe the Warriors win next year. Yeah, I mean I guess if the Warriors want to trade for him, they'd have to lose, which you wouldn't think that the Warriors would lose next season. So I don't know how it happens. Maybe maybe it's maybe it's KD for AD. Maybe KD leaves to to somewhere else because he's sick. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. But for now, we just get to celebrate for the summer. <laughs> yes, sir. You got any you got good summer else? plans? I got you going to summer league? Are we excited for Summer League, by the way? Not really. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Summer League's fun when you're an up-and-coming team. Summer League was really fun in 2012-13 when the Warriors had, like, Bazemore, Draymond, and they were were running Summer League, you know? Now it's just... Remember that Draymond was so good in that Summer League, and then he also shot, like, 25% from the field. God... Do you think what do we what do you think we should you think we should do a podcast for summer league we'll, we'll we'll ask people on Twitter I'm taking a bit of a break right now for people that that don't see me tweeting in a week or so off but yeah we we're gonna ask people if we, we should break down summer league <laughs> we will um we're gonna take a break we may we may post a couple times in the summer actually we'll probably have to post during free agency um if some things get wild some new teams pop up we'll have to post. But um, we're going to at least take a little two-week break here. Yep. So when KD says he's an unrestricted free agent, he's not resigning. We'll do an emergency pod. All right? Yes. Emergency pod when KD leaves. (laughs) All right, man. Have a good one.